0: Welcome to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we discuss the movie Heartbreak Ridge one minute at a time. I am your co-host Brian Lockhart,
1: and I am Jack Perry.
0: And today we are discussing minute four of the movie Heartbreak Ridge. Minute four begins with a soldier on a stretcher being taken off a jeep. The minute ends with a police officer walking towards a jail cell. All right, so Perry, uh, what do you got for minute four? Let's let's get into the movie.
1: Um. So yeah. So just kind of looking through some of the scenes, look like we're still. Kind of fading from. Uh, it looks like either the Korean War. Or, you know, I I think I think we established it mainly it's about the Korean War. But I don't know my my feelings. Maybe it's just from when we grew up. Was that that there's probably some Vietnam. But a lot of the kids are wearing coats and stuff, and I don't think it got very cold in Vietnam. So Korea, it is. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's uh, like wounded GIs, a couple of them all smoking cigarettes and like chatting with their buddies is getting loaded up like casafact out it's uh you know just uh just standard war footage you know just kind of establishing the the theme that this is uh more or less a war movie
0: yeah as we discussed like last minute uh, i believe we're talking about how just these guys look like they've been through hell yeah and the the song uh see a heartbreak is playing over it which seems appropriate you know about halfway through the minute just kind of jump ahead they switch from showing the gis being all beat up to civilians being basically refugees or like you said you saw them in coats they end with a child crying right as you know see a heartbreak ends yep that song ends right with that kid crying and it's almost like a a brief freeze frame before they move on
1: yeah and then the and then the fade to uh it looks like a just a, a city like a you know large larger buildings um, yeah, by,
0: about the halfway mark, again, when they when they switch from the civilians, they show a little bit of that. And then, yeah, as the minutes starting to wrap up, it switches mm-hmm. to, well, we don't know this, but I, I guess we can assume it's a city jail or city, you know, court area, because, you know, it, it ends with a police officer walking towards, you know, a jail cell. So we have to assume, like, now we're into the actual movie where we fade out of Korea footage. We're still yeah. in black and white, but we fade into a helicopter shot of like, yeah, like you said, a city, a mm-hmm. uh, city block. And then we end up in a police station where guys handing off some papers and it, it shows that it's July, the weekend of July 20th, 21st. Yep. That's 1983. It says it's 1983 as well.
1: Yeah. Real briefly. Yep.
0: So, you know, it's a period piece. The movie is filmed in 86. It's it takes place in 83. So, you know, it's definitely a period film. Yeah. Grenada took place. On or you know, started on October 25th, 1986. So I'm not sorry, not that not 1986, 1983. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, already, I'm already confused by the timeline. <laughs> you know, so, so what is that? Three months? Uh,
1: you know? Yeah, July, uh,
0: August, September.
1: Yeah, about October. Yeah. About, yeah so about, about three or four months. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so, you know, we're meeting. Well, we don't know what we're meeting, we just are getting a date and establishing a time. Yeah, of, of, you know, basically the what we see in the movie takes place over three months until the end.
1: Yeah, I never even realized that um, at the time. And now that, you know, doing it, I guess that's the cool thing about picking this movie apart minute by minute is you get to really kind of investigate stuff that you wouldn't have paid attention to before.
0: To kind of jump back to the beginning of the minute, I, n- I noticed that they, they said this is uh, I'm going to butcher names because I'm terrible at it. But uh, <laughs> it was written by James uh, Car. Carabastas and so I was curious about what he's written before and I, I found out he wrote uh, Hamburger
1: Hill another really? war
0: movie yeah that now that is a Vietnam movie
1: <laughs> yes it is yeah yeah Hamburger Hill is a good one too man I haven't seen that one in a long time either but uh yeah that's that's kind of ironic too that you said that originally this was supposed to have been an army movie so um was there anything in your research that kind of pointed at this guy maybe was a vet
0: yeah you know I think if, I, if I'm not mistaken i thought i have my notes that he was in the um first air cavalry division oh wow he actually had and from 68 to 69 so he was involved and and you know hamburger hill is based on a real battle right that also came out in 86 he actually had three movies come out in 86 he had um you know heartbreak ridge hamburger hill so two war movies and then a movie called no mercy with richard Gere and kim basinger or basinger
1: yeah I kind of remember, yeah, maybe, I, I might have been on Cinemax late at night. <laughs> right, right. And 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 one of
0: those is not like the others.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one to clean the palate.
0: <laughs> so he probably got his, I'm guessing he, he he got this job of writing this for a couple reasons. Because, you know, obviously, so being a Vietnam vet, he knew, hopefully he knows what he's talking about when it comes to war films. Yeah. But he had actually written a, a movie, and I'm not sure if it was a real movie or a tv movie called heroes in 1977 about a vietnam vet suffering from ptsd you know that i don't really think they talked about ptsd exactly back then
1: no shell shock but
0: uh it starred fonzie (laughs)
1: henry winkler
0: (laughs) really yeah it had sally field and uh, harrison ford actually oh wow so i'm guessing you know that obviously that was what nine years before heartbreak ridge came out so he he probably got a little credibility as far as writing a you know something that had to do with soldiers yeah and and of course his life experience
1: yeah that's um that's pretty interesting yeah, i kind of kind of curious to see what else he's done you know what other little projects is he still is well did you see is he still doing any writing is he still involved in the film industry or has he kind of moved on
0: uh the last I saw that he did a a, a project in two thousand and one called the last the Lost Battalion, which was a World War I TV movie with Rick Schroeder in it. Hmm. So okay. I haven't seen too much else, but, you know, he wrote some more war stuff. I'm not sure if he's even alive or, or dead. I guess I should have looked that up at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, that'll give him something to do later on.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. So I, I just thought that was interesting about, you know, who, who wrote this, you know, film. So later on, you know, towards the end of the minute, it pops up, you know, the produced and directed by Clint Eastwood credit. Of course, you know, this is his movie. <laughs> we already talked about some of the, our favorite movies of his. We mostly talked about the ones he starred in. Uh, there's right. He's done plenty of movies that he starred and directed in. And, of course, he's done plenty where he's just directed. More, of course, more recently, he's just directing. Yeah. As a matter of fact, preparing notes for this minute, I saw Richard Jewells coming out, you know, his his new movie. I think that's the name of it, Richard Jewell.
1: Yeah, about the um, the Atlanta bombing during the Olympics, right? Right. Yeah, and
0: how, you know, of course, this movie focuses on how they blame Richard Jewell when he was innocent. Um, right. And, 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 you know, his fighting back and and all that stuff and having his name tarnished in the media and all that good stuff, but. Well, actually, what one neat neat thing I found about it is he brought Clint Eastwood. That is brought the movie to Camp Pendleton to show the show some Marines the film. Oh, this film? Yeah, uh yeah, uh, the Richard Jewell. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he brought the film to them like just the other day. Oh, wow. He, you know, he had a premiere for them, and he said this was the first time he's been back to Camp Pendleton since filming Heartbreak Ridge. <laughs> So that was a neat, you know, I was like, oh, isn't that fortuitous that we can yeah. we have something to talk about.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, yeah, I, all those Marines, regardless of whether or not this is an officially sanctioned, a blessed, you know, Marine Corps movie. Um, I, I know a lot of Marines just love this movie because, I mean, accurate, accurate or not, it does kind of capture, you know, some of the cockiness that the Marines have. Maybe not the professionalism, but uh, the cockiness, definitely <laughs> the cockiness. Well,
0: again, it's we've talked about. It. It's a fun movie. It's a quotable movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and even though
0: we talked about it being disavowed when Clint Eastwood was on Camp Pendleton, they introduced him as Tom Highway. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs>
0: right. So I is like we were saying too. We were speculating. We're like, yeah, oh, we're pretty sure Marines today probably do like him. You know, we can't speak for them, but. The fact that they, they said, "Hey, I'm bringing back Gunny High." They literally announced, "I'm bringing, I'm introducing Gunny Highway," and they and introduced him as Gunnery Sergeant Tom Highway, and and he felt, you know, he brought the movie to them uh, on a Marine Corps base, so there there must have been something there, yeah. uh, you know. There's definitely an affection there, or you know, on both probably on both sides. So <laughs> yeah, I wanted to circle back again to the middle part when we were talking about the civilians. Yeah. Because, you know, there's one thing I, I did want to make reference is like like five million people die in the Korean War and more than half were civilians. It was a higher rate of casualties than both World War Two and Vietnam. So this was definitely a bloody war, which all these pictures of the of the refugees, the Korean people and, you know, the, the soldiers that we're seeing getting carried out stretchers and, and being injured. I mean that that was real life. Uh, more than forty thousand Americans were were either were killed and a hundred thousand were wounded. Yeah. So again, that's that's a lot, you know.
1: Well, you look too. I mean, historically, wars were prosecuted differently. Then I think this is probably one of the transitional times when we, you know, started to learn it. You know, just it, it like World War Two. You know, we would bomb the hell out of Germany, and it was German. Like yeah, there were military targets there, but it was surrounded by, you know, homes and businesses, things like that. It was, it was about breaking the will of whoever it was that you were fighting against. And now, you know, now we really, you know, we have the technology that that allows us to try and, you know, focus on not killing innocents, um, which, you know, never was ideal, but that was just the way wars were fought. It was, you know, it was this bomb goes boom. And if it does what it's supposed to, it's going to destroy this And then everything around it, you know, so, you know, yeah, it wouldn't be uncommon at all that, that yeah, civilian, you know, casualties or, you know, the impact to, to innocence would be pretty high.
0: Well, especially during World War II, you know, as an example, you had a, they were trying to destroy the infrastructure. Well, part of the infrastructure is factories and people work in factories, people build, you know, building uh, roads, building, uh, you know, bridges, exactly. um, You know, or, you know people had to build tanks and ammunition like you bomb that stuff so the enemy cannot produce that stuff and uh, again they're in neighborhoods they're in people have to work there yeah. and honestly like you said the technology was not developed yet where where you could do your best to prevent civilian casualties right. i mean i don't think you're ever you're never going to get rid of that yeah, unfortunately, it, but, you, you know, you, you, they developed the technology the best they can and, and come up with rules of engagement to, you know, mitigate that as best as possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the, thinking about it, there was those factories were civilian ran. They may have been military, but there was no different than like our old automotive plants being ran by all the women, wives and stuff of all the soldiers. Because the, the GIs of the, all the soldiers were out fighting. They weren't building stuff. So they were all civilian ran. They may have been military targets, but they would have been, you know, it, it was more or less an auto factory, you know.
0: <laughs> you know, and, and of course, then you couple like the fact that during Korea, like we're, they talked about the frigid cold. So many people mm. got sick and, you know, from that and frostbite was a big issue. Yeah. And, you know, middle of a war torn country that's not economically thriving. Yes, you're going to unfortunately have a lot of people affected by this in a very, very negative way. Right. And death, unfortunately.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, the movement of soldiers, either, you know, we'll call them good guys or bad guys. Um, You know, anybody that's sitting, you know, in the little village is going to be affected, you know, regardless of what side that they were on, you know, Americans and South Koreans marching up north. And I mean, I don't really remember, I know it makes me horrible, but. I don't even remember the the South Korean involvement like how involved they were with with the American fighting forces but you know we
0: I believe they were pretty heavily involved.
1: Okay. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, we were fighting with, you know, for for South Korea. But then you got, you know, the Chinese and the North Koreans, you know, coming down from the from the north, you know, in the same right. thing, same little village, you know, see them coming, see them going, so.
0: Yeah. So, well, I don't have much else for this minute. Uh, no. You know, we, we get, we're get we getting into the actual movie, you know, as after, after a transition to the Clint Eastwood credit, but not much is happening. It's just a black and white guy in a police station, and that's it. We get a date, and we go from there. So do you have anything else for this minute? We could wrap this up pretty quick.
1: No, I don't have anything at all.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Perry. I appreciate you joining me for you know minute four. Going to ask everybody to join us on Wednesday. We'll uh, we'll jump in and do minute five.
1: All right, man. Um, I guess we'll talk then.
0: All right. Thanks for joining me, us, and we'll see you on Wednesday.